On this episode, we discuss Cool as Ice, live from Portland, Oregon. <laughs> I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalin. And yes, we are live from the Aladdin Theater in Portland, Oregon. Stop two on our Errors Tour. Mm -hmm. We still have some juice. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) We'll see how it goes. Look, I mean... I have been whining so much. Like, you know, like, it's it's, it's four days. You do whine a lot. I'm, I'm glad not, you recognize that about I'm not now. used to doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we got up, we flew here, and we're glad to be here to talk about Cool as Ice, mm-hmm. starring one Mr. Vanilla Robert Van Winkle Ice. <laughs> yep. Yeah. When he, when he wrote the uh, letters accepting the role, it said, from the desk of V. Ice on the top. <laughs> <laughs> They're like very ice. Can yeah. you be that? Now, V.I. Warshawski. Was that a Vanilla Ice project yes, as vanilla well? Vanilla <laughs> Ice Warshawski, exactly, yeah. Everyone remembers those. Uh, but uh, even one movie. <laughs> so, did anyone in the audience actually watch Cool as Ice? Wow, wow, wow. You, you guys are, are welcome. lucky, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome, yeah. Um, so we're going to be talking about Cool as Ice today. I have the lucky job of summarizing it. Let's see how I did. Okay. <laughs> how you did? <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, Stuart's unstuck in time. He's yeah, experiencing I'll all moments at the same take time. Take a look yeah. through the portal of time. and uh... Dan, you forgot. Stuart left his watch inside a radio- radiation experiment of some kind. So now he's on Mars at the same time he's here. So if you've never heard the podcast Dr. before... Stu Hatton. <laughs> Dr. Stu Hatton. I'm just sick of all these vanilla ices and caught up in the... Whatever. I may go out to space and make some vanilla ices of my own. <laughs> so, if you've never heard the podcast before and you've been dragged here, we're not going to show the movie. I'm no. going to no. paint a word picture. <laughs> do of that on your Cool's own time, I'm please. I'm going to do it poorly compared to the movie. If you ever wanted to have vanilla <laughs> vanilla ice, to have <laughs> Cool as Ice described to you, you're like, mm, buckle up. I can't. Yeah, it would be too much work to go to Wikipedia and read a summary. I'm sure along the way we'll describe Vanilla Ice. I think it'll yeah. happen, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the movie opens with a dance number. That's right. I, I'll say this. The first seconds of this movie are fantastic. and not on Electric. The, not on the ironic level that I enjoy yeah. much of the movie on. So this is, this is where the director's really, like, uh, showing off his music video and Playboy video yeah, directing like, shots. <laughs> Before we get into it, so a lot of people talk about we how... We got Jan- into it, Dan. Janusz Kamitsky, uh, Academy Award-winning cinematographer, did the cinematography for Cool as And Ice. he's here tonight! <laughs> yeah, bring him out! Uh, you know, uh, so the movie looks beautiful on that level, but also the director... I was really setting Elliot up for a Janosch Kaminsky impression. Yeah, what like, does he sound? That. I don't, that sounds... I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'm very worried about yeah, that. Was, was that uh, questionable? Le, uh, you know, it is me, Janosch Kaminsky. <laughs> I like to make movies at night. So he's the cinematographer, but the <laughs> director of the film... Let's put the shot over there, my children, yeah. 
In addition, like his I other. I don't drink <laughs> wine while I'm working. But at it's night, unprofessional. after a day of working with Mr. Spielberg, <laughs> sometimes I need a little bit of something to I take like the to edge off. I with a little wine. <laughs> yeah. um, the... Anyway, I'll be in my coffin <laughs> until tomorrow's shoot if you need me. If you want to talk about wine or whatever, um, they know that the director of this film... I uh... remember they asked me... <laughs> They asked me to be the director of photography on Big Night, and I looked at the set, garlic everywhere. <laughs> no, no, said I. <laughs> the director, uh, his other big film is Inspector Gadget, starring Matthew Broderick. Matthew. But, yeah. but he has a long career as, one, a music video director, two, a director of television commercials, and three, a director of Playboy videos, mm -hmm. which helps you understand Cool of Zeiss, which is just a series of striking images that don't relate to one another. Yeah. Set to music. Uh, Dan, uh, do you, for the audience, do you want to describe Playboy videos for anybody? <laughs> They're basically just yeah, music up, videos where girls take their clothes upstairs off, Upstairs, right? we're kind of all agreeing that Dan missed his calling as being a Playboy video director. <laughs> Imagine there's I sort of like maybe. a mechanic's garage where an attractive woman works and there's like one smudge here and she's like, I should take my clothes off to deal with this. Now, you, you may say to yourself, it's a mechanic's garage. There's not, there wouldn't be an old-timey jukebox in the corner. <laughs> oh, that's where you're wrong. <laughs> so a lot of images. A okay, of images. so the movie opens with... That's what the movie Images is about, right? Yeah. It's about the making of a Playboy movie? Mm -hmm. Movie opens with a dance number that's basically like a whole music video yes. for what? Get with it? No, that's later on. I can't remember. Everybody uh, get loose. The, I think. Yeah, is the song. they're all. All the Vanilla Ice songs are essentially the same song. Which Every, is him it's saying, about getting I'm loose, the best. getting I'm with it. I'm a great it. rapper. I'm such a great rapper. I'm the best. That's essentially yeah. every song. So this is Everybody Get Loose featuring Naomi Campbell. We uh -huh. got a big star. Yep. Yeah. It will then disappear from the film. But she disappears. Yep. It's not called Cool as Campbell. <laughs> The video is set in a warehouse. There's a lot of dancing, flipping, etc. As the as the song wraps up, we are introduced to a crew that helped perform these dance numbers. Johnny, played by Vanilla Ice. Should I call him Vanilla Ice or Johnny? Just call him Vanilla, Vanilla Ice. Ice. Okay. So we have Vanilla Ice and then his posse, which is Sir D, Jazz, and Princess. Don't worry, they don't mention their names that many times. No, they're not the even, and they're not really in the movie for, after a certain they point. They hang out. They're they cool. hang out, they yeah. They hang, yeah. Well, they're, they're in a different, more Richard Linklater-ish movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where they're teaching sort of an elderly mechanic couple how to cut loose. Yeah, well, they just kind of waste time. They're bored a little bit, yeah. So they head out on their motorbikes down a, like a lonely country highway. Yeah. Uh, Vanilla Ice does some stunt motorcycle driving against Kathy, a young equestrian. <laughs> he spooks her horse, she gets mad at him, and then they do a little bit of like fight flirting, playful banter. Yeah, she hits him, uh, he banters. I think, it's, I think she is letting him off easy considering he could have easily killed her he, by spooking her horse not... by driving a motorcycle, jumping over a fence yeah. in front of a horse. And I yeah, don't think he, he jumps a fence, yeah, and she gets thrown. I, I think that I'm, he I'm gets gonna, let off easy. I'm yeah. going to hazard a guess. He doesn't understand horses very well. No. Well, he's like, oh, look at that big meat bike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, well, later on, later on, he describes her specifically as, yeah, that chick who drives the horse. <laughs> he's a city boy. He's not used to seeing horses. You know oh, he's a city a, boy. That's a big rat that's kidnapping that lady. <laughs> Well, you can tell he's a city boy because he has bricks shaved into the back of his head. Yeah. Okay. So we should describe we should describe Vanilla Ice because this 
This movie. If you is, didn't grow up when <laughs> Mr. V. Ice was popular. He, this movie, the, the biggest falls this movie has is in presenting a world where Vanilla Ice can walk around and people aren't just like goggle-eyed being, what are you? What, what is are you this? talking about? That's like, what the movie no, is. No, yeah. they, no, they treat him the way you would treat like a leather-jacketed punk in the 50s. They don't treat him like a neon cartoon character. Oh, uh, I disagree. I think the beauty of this film is he goes to this small town and everyone's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. Not enough, not enough. The fact okay. that anyone in the movie holds a conversation with him without being like, what, 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 what are you, what? <laughs> holds a conversation, I think, is charitable. Okay. <laughs> so in like, the middle like of this... All, they should, every scene, they should be looking at each other going, is this a real person? Like, <laughs> did, yeah, yeah. did you hire this guy for my birthday? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. They're looking around for the camera, and it's right there next to Janosz Kaminski. Yeah. yeah, just pretend we're not here. It's a movie. It's... <laughs> You're actors. I don't know how you're forgetting this. So, we, uh, come on, the sun's coming up in minutes. We gotta get this shot. No, I don't. Uh, I don't understand. Is it, are you concerned with you know magic hour? Or are you concerned with the fact that you're a vampire? Do are I have to a... choose? It's a little bit of both. Okay. There was a space on the Venn diagram that says "hurry up" is right here. Yeah. <laughs> so while they're driving through like a small town USA sub uh, suburban town, Jazz's bike breaks down in the middle of the street. Everybody looks at him. They're like, what's going on with these guys? Classic Luckily, Jazz. Yep, they definitely don't pull no, over. No, they just <laughs> hang out in the middle of the street. <laughs> Luckily, uh, through happenstance, they find local mechanics, Roscoe and May, who live in a very quirky Pee Wee's Playhouse type yeah, that's thing. a good way to describe Oversized it. Oversized furniture and salt the, the, shakers the, and whatnot. The roof is a giant map of the world, right? Love yeah. it. Perfect. Um, okay. They, they have globes on, like impaled along the edge of the yard as if to warn other globes other from coming to their house. Planets. And this is all stuff that, again, striking images that will just like cut to like, oh, let's look at this for a little while. Yeah. You know, here's yeah. an interesting thing. Yeah, sure. It has nothing to do with the story, but... Oh. Uh, it's probably better than whatever we had cooked up. So. At, a, at, a cert, at a certain level, you could cut together a scene from Cool as Ice and a, and a scene from, uh, what's the David Byrne movie, True Stories? And, and, Absolutely. And you wouldn't be able to tell that much of a yeah. difference, yeah. So, uh, while they're waiting around for the bike to get fixed, they see Kathy riding along with her preppy boyfriend, Nick. Not on a horse, in a car. No, they're riding around in a sports car. Like a metal horse. And they like stuff. Yeah, very similar, actually. Yeah. They, it's very important, the dichotomy of this movie. <laughs> he has a car, <laughs> and Vanilla Ice drives a motorcycle. Yes. And she drives a horse. And she drives yeah, a horse. Drives a horse. She's the perfect Cronenbergian melding of <laughs> organics and machine. <laughs> Turns out Kathy lives just down the street from Roscoe's house, uh -huh. uh, which is like, wouldn't the like neighborhood, com like neighborhood committee be like, you can't put fucking globes on? He was there, <laughs> he was there first before the yuppies yeah, moved in. They can't sense. get rid of him. Try as they do. Okay. So Vanilla Ice runs over, and they engage in a little bit of flirty banter. Meanwhile, he distracts her and steals her organizer for some reason. <laughs> cool guy behavior. Hero, hero of the movie. Uh, meanwhile, inside the house, we get this, uh, like, a family life sequence that's sped up super fast, so that it's kind of terrifying. It's pretty, it's pretty, it is, again, it's like, they're not, I guess maybe they are, there's a, there's a satirical edge to it, and I don't know if they're intending it or not. This kind of, like, sped up world where this, her younger brother watches TV and Tommy. kind of passes out. Yeah, like, it's a, it's, it's not a bad, it's not bad stuff. 
You know? No, it's, it's like, it's, it, but it does definitely feels like a music this is a music video. Yeah, yeah. it does, yeah. It, it, I mean, this is essentially Vanilla Ice's version of Moonwalker, the Michael Jackson movie that's just <laughs> videos put together. Except so they, for, like, the, I really wish there was a point at which he turned into claymation. Yeah, or a giant robot at the end. Yeah. That would be amazing. That was a documentary, uh, That doesn't too. happen, though. Thing. Yeah, so uh, the, the family gathers around the TV, and they watch a segment on the news about how Kathy's kind of like a <laughs> scholar athlete. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. her dad, uh, Gordon Winslow, is Played by well. who? Played by Michael Gross. He's TV's played. family ties dad and everyone's favorite Trimmers Hunter. Here's the thing, though. Watch the, <laughs> true, actually. Watch the movie and, try, and tell yourself, Michael Gross is doing an impression of James Urbaniak. He is. Somehow. His voice sounds just like him. His mannerisms are a lot like him. Interesting. Like, yeah, thank you. Some, one person in the audience agrees. That's all I need. Jesus needed 12 followers. I only need one. So this news story has a little bit of reach, because meanwhile we see in a bar a couple of mobsters are watching the same <laughs> yeah, story. The, the local news about <laughs> this scholar. Yeah. Uh, they and they on the news they recognize uh, her dad as an old like informant and we just to clarify things Gordon yeah. Winslow Michael Gross is actually Jimmy Hackett a former cop who turned uh, what evidence against his partners like it's he had a dirty partner and he turned evidence against him and his they, yeah, and his gang, got put yeah. into witness protection witness this protection. this gets cleared up. Later, much later, but like, oh, we'll cover it now. Well, but yeah, we were covering it now to make it clear. But it's weird to me in the context of the movie that Michael Gross takes, like, he knows that he's in danger, yes, Uh and he takes so long to explain to his family why. When the movie kind of implies, like, oh, maybe there's like maybe he has some reason why he's ashamed of it. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, if if I was in the situation, be like, no, I did the right thing. Like, they're yeah. criminals now after me. I'm going to tell you everything immediately. Dan, if you, yeah. if you had been in this situation, you would have done the right thing and not put your goddamn face on television. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I guess he's just so... And, you, and it makes more sense than when you're watching it. He's kind of, like, trying to half-shield his face with his hand. I'm, I'm so proud of my daughter. I'm uh, so proud of my daughter. Uh, just the sun's in my eyes. <laughs> but uh, okay. he is proud of his... I mean, I, I understand that. I'm so proud of my kids. If they got to be on TV, I'd be like, yeah, send some... Men after me, I don't care. <laughs> don't really do that. Meanwhile, over at Roscoe's house, good, good save. <laughs> so it turns out that Roscoe has completely dis, uh, deconstructed Jazz's bike. Uh oh, it's going to take while. at least twenty-four hours to fix. Okay? It's like this is sort of a play on a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. uh, a motorcycle the, two ways. But you need yeah. all the smears of sauce around it. <laughs> of course you do. That's the best part. Uh, that's one of many ticking clocks. We'll get to others. Meanwhile, Johnny goes to their house, and he, uh, meanwhile, he's going to talk to Kathy again. He bumps into the mobsters who have already shown up, and he's talking to them. Uh, they're, like, staking out the house. They uh, are sitting on their car, just within plain view of the front door of the house. Yeah. But this is not their intimidation moment, because they come back later, and they're they like... They come back later. And they're like, hey, it's us. It's like, what... what? What were you doing just outside the house? Well, they were there so Johnny could talk to them, which oh. would lead Michael Gross to, of course, thinking that they're in cahoots. To assume, the to assume these two gangsters are working with, again, <laughs> an alien cartoon. <laughs> this flat top man with a down by, down by law jacket and... Uh... And multiple different outfits, even though he had no luggage on that motorcycle. <laughs> Did he ball up his clothes and stuff them in the exhaust I mean, he has, pipe? He wears like Here's four a different hats. <laughs> What gig do you think that they were going to that took them through 
This, uh, this zone. Well, wherever they're going, they're going to freak out some squares. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. I guess they were on their way to the Nassau Coliseum. <laughs> <laughs> the mobsters show up, and they, like, threaten Michael Gross. They say, you got to give us $500,000 in damages, I guess. Uh, yeah. And you have 24 <laughs> hours like, to do it. like, $500,000 worth of DVDs of damages. <laughs> How will I get them in time? <laughs> I mean, just wait alone is going to be a challenge. Yes. Okay. eBay. Uh, meanwhile, the kids all go to a party at the Sugar Shack. That's a local venue. This is the nerdiest venue they could possibly go to. It's pretty cool. There's a local band that is not doing very well. Yeah. But I, I kind of enjoyed their weird, like, funk punk take on this. Like, they sounded like a worse version of the Minutemen, kind of. Yeah. It was almost because they're doing, it's what, a Sly Stone song? Yeah. And it, it feels like almost like a Neil Hamburger version of a Sly Stone song. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Vanilla Ice and his crew show up and they commandeer the microphones and they perform their song, The People's Choice. Mm -hmm. The crowd and everyone's is, like, what? <laughs> well, the crowd is initially like cold to it, but they warm up. Yeah, they're they like, this up. is the new sound they've been looking for. Yeah. The honeyed words of Vanilla Ice. Well, and Vanilla Ice like pulls Kathy in and they start to dance and Nick's like, I don't know if I like this. Don't approve. Oh. And, and she, gives him, she gives him a countdown. She's like, look, you got 24 hours to return my organizer. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I'm counting my fucking watch. Uh, she then gets in a fight with her boyfriend who's like, why are you dancing with that maniac? Um, and he's drunk and he's frankly being an asshole, right, Dan? Or Dan's like, oh, you've oh, been reasonable. That's, that's Dan's no. okay. Let's see how Dan gets Whenever I have something to say, they assume that I'm gonna. No, this is. This is an interesting tactic. Dan's like, Barbie got too many Oscar nominations. <laughs> no. I do not. It, no, I did not. I, Stuart told me you said it. <laughs> I guess there's two sources now. Yeah. I guess. People are saying that you said it, Dan. <laughs> no, it's, this movie is playing a, a card that I think is funny that a, a lot of movies play where they're like, uh, like they make it a viable choice that Vanilla Ice is the romantic lead for this woman by making the other choice a dick, and clearly these are the only two men available. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I guess between these two, uh, this guy, he's, he's well, a goober, but he seems nice. Well, after he steals her organizer, he keeps calling her college girl in the weirdest way possible. Yeah. That's Vanilla and Ice, not Everything he says is, like, so smugly delivered. <laughs> and... The script for it, I'm like, did they did they improvise this whole thing and Vanilla Ice provided his own? Like, cause he seemed he seemed so pleased with himself, but everything is like. I mean, his line delivery is like the little girl from The Fall. <laughs> it's like, does he know he's in a movie? No, yeah. He thinks he's actually yeah, romancing Kathy. Yeah, they're paying him with candy. <laughs> but it is it is true that every line he seems convinced that he is the greatest performer in the history of the world. So she gets but in that a big... works for his character. His character is it, a vain it's, asshole. It's perfect. So she gets in a fight with her boyfriend, storms off. Uh, the mobsters follow her on the road, and then luckily Vanilla Ice shows up and saves her on her, his motorcycle. Mm -hmm. But when he drops her off at home, her dad yells at her. He's like, do you know this guy? And she's like, uh, I just met him. And he's like, you shouldn't date him. And she gets mad at him. I'm like, no, your dad's kind of right. He's... <laughs> so it's like, look at this guy. Look at him. I have to admit, the first time, and I can't believe I'm saying this words, the first time I saw the movie Cool as Ice, <laughs> I may have been a little stoned, and I didn't, like, really... Go, like, you covered it, yourself. I can't arrest you now. It didn't... 
Elliot talks into his lapel. We don't got what we need. Forget it. Call it off. Stand down, stand down. Stand down. Sniper, stand down. (laughs) It didn't really... Don't take the shot. Actually, you know what? Go for it. (laughs) Wow. My friend for so many years. It was all a long con, Dan. Yeah, deep cover. It didn't say, like, the farce plotting of this didn't sink into me, like, how much they're, like, misunderstanding there was going on, where it's like, oh, Michael Gross saw Vanilla Ice the with these, these... Literally saw him asking directions from the mobster. Right, and now he's like, oh, he must be friends with the mobster. Because, like, in my mind, I'm just like, yeah, you know, of course Michael Gross would be like, don't date this guy. <laughs> well, that the movie has to give him a plot reason to say, don't yeah. date this weird stranger. <laughs> Who almost killed you with his motorcycle when you were riding a horse. Okay, so after dropping her off, <laughs> Vanilla Ice goes back to the sugar shack to pick up his crew, who are nowhere to be found, but it doesn't matter. Uh, outside, uh, Nick and his buddies are, like, beating up uh, Sir D, one of, the ga- one of his crew's bikes, and then uh, Vanilla Ice beats them all up easily. Single-handedly. Single-handedly, barely breaks a sweat. It's yeah. incredible. And then he leaves. Next morning. Like a regular vanilla reacher. (laughs) Guys, next morning. (laughs) Oh, I guess this is important. Stuart stood up. Possibly my favorite moment of the movie. (laughs) Kathy is awoken in her bed. (laughs) In her home. In her home. Her private residence. With an ice cube that's being first dripped into her mouth and then pushed between her lips. That ice cube held by, of course, Vanilla Ice. (laughs) Now, do you think he created that cube with his ice powers? Yes. That's to be assumed. There's nothing in the movie that says otherwise. (laughs) Professor Xavier taught him to harness his mutant capabilities. (laughs) And then kicked him out of the school. (laughs) Yeah. You're giving mutants a bad name. (laughs) So Vanilla Ice, she Everyone else thinks you're weird. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone thinks you're weird, and we have a blue three gorilla man. Have you seen us? <laughs> we are weird. <laughs> We're weird. Now, anyway, class of 2000, whatever, go on and be weird in the real world. <laughs> that was the speech. <laughs> I do like the idea that Professor X is like, just fucking go out there and go crazy. <laughs> yeah, man. Look, I was live wrong. Live your fucking life, man. I was wrong. Apocalypse was right. Let's go show those, those flat scans with the, what it's like when a mutant's around. We are homo superior. Fuck it, man. <laughs> And they're like, I think, I think Professor Xavier is having a midlife crisis. Yeah. <laughs> he, he really souped up his wheelchair. Yeah, got I mean, everybody. I, I, I bought a Corvette wheelchair, and but then I went into therapy. I, you should. I feel like the things. like the the robes and outfits he wears when he goes into outer space to hang out with his space girlfriend Lilandra? is like a super midlife yeah. crisis move. Every man reaches a point in midlife when they say goodbye to their old life and they go into Shi'ar space with their <laughs> with their alien feather-haired girlfriend because she's a half bird. Yeah. Leaving Don't behind, I know it? Leaving behind the school they run. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So. Kathy wakes up with this strange man in her bed. She's known him for She's a day. She's cool with it, though. She's summer. almost cool as ice with it. Yeah. Yeah. They banter a little bit. They, like, run around the bedroom playfully. <laughs> From another perspective, it might be terrifying. <laughs> they end up going on a day date where they ride around on his motorcycle. This is where it gets the most Playboy video-esque. Yeah. Yeah. As they, like, frolic in fields of wheat. And in a half-finished house. Yeah, yeah well, they Construction visit, site. Yeah, they yeah. visit this construction site. They horse around. They ride a horse. 
They ride a bike around in the desert. They play around in the field. This is all one day, I guess. Yeah, it's one all day, one day. They pose. Of frolicking. Is, is, a day is, full of frolicking. Is it the weekend? Is she's not in school anymore? Is it time has no meaning in, it in doesn't Cool matter. As Ice? Yeah. It doesn't matter. This is Cool as Ice, baby. They show up. <laughs> he drops her off home <laughs> late. Shows up. I know you got the day off from school for Yom Kippur. Let's go out to the desert. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Johnny, I didn't expect you to know that. I understand the calendar. <laughs> I want to brag. Let him say, I bet I'm supposed to be atoning today, Johnny. Well, we're not going to eat. We're just going to frolic around an unbuilt house. In a, way, in a way, that unbuilt house represents the unfinished world that we're tasked with repairing. Oh, Reb Ice, you're, you're so wise. Yeah. <laughs> As the good book says. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. Get with the hero, not with the zero. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's in Levita Ice. Yeah. Stuart, if you don't interrupt me, I'm going to be doing more Vanilla Ice as a rabbi jokes. Yeah, so <laughs> Vanilla Ice drops Kathy off at home, or Kat, as he calls her, drops her off at home, uh, and her dad, Michael Gross, comes out, and he confronts him. You know, they have a big fight. Uh, he, uh, after Vanilla Ice leaves, he comes clean with Kathy, explains the whole situation, the witness protection, etc., uh, he urges her to break up with Vanilla Ice, which is not a surprise, but she, surprisingly, she agrees with him. She d decides to do it. She breaks up with him. I, I mean, she does, I, she probably does see the wisdom in like, oh, there are people trying to kill the family, maybe, and I just met this guy yesterday. Yeah. Also, you got to imagine she envisioned herself at the altar and she's like, am I really potentially going to marry Vanilla Ice? Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. You know, Ice. <laughs> I mean, based on all his Kathy outfits, <laughs> based on all his outfits, his fucking, his tuxedo for the wedding is going to be incredible. Oh, yeah. it'd, be it'd be great. Those tails are going to be so long. Yeah. He's going to wear like a bright orange leopard print jacket. Yeah. Man, I'm just describing I, Stuart's I, wardrobe now. <laughs> what I would not Yeah, get. for the listener at home, Stuart has a terry cloth, fully terry cloth, terry cloth outfit, yeah. uh, with a cheetah It doubles print on as the top. a towel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Kathy breaks up with Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice uh, rides off on his motorcycle angrily. Uh, you know, he sits and stares off into the middle distance. He goes, uh, <laughs> hangs out in Roscoe's house on a giant couch. Tommy, her younger brother, shows up with a new haircut that looks nothing like his. He <laughs> Sorry, it, Tommy. I mean, he did it himself. He said, I did it myself. How's it look? And Bill Ice is like, mm, uh, great. Uh, uh, sorry, <laughs> honey. I um, got to say, as much as a goober as uh, Mr. V. Ice comes across in this movie, like, he is pretty, like, sweet with this kid. Yeah, like, he's there's very like, good with this well, like a He's a good dude. Kinda. He's the hero of the movie. He is the hero. It, I yeah, think no, I know. It's, it's a, it's it is a, written to, you know, burnish him a little. Yeah, it is a radical move for the hero of the movie to be nice to a child. I know, I just, I... There's some charm here, there's some charm. But also, it's hard, to, it's hard to be, it's hard not to be nice to a kid who so clearly idolizes you. I mean, yeah. me and my boys, they don't feel that way about me, but, you know... <laughs> But I'm, sure, but I'm sure if they ever met Freddie Freeman, they would feel that way, you know? Yeah. Are you saying about them, like, liking to draw you farting? Let's not get into okay. it. <laughs> they, were, they were doing chalk drawings in the, in the backyard, on the pavement, and they drew a picture of my wife holding a guitar, and they're like, you're a rock star, Mommy, and they drew a picture of me sitting on the toilet <laughs> with, with farts coming out. 
a different kind of love. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th I think there's a deleted scene where the little kid Tommy expressly does not do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could draw this, but I won't. <laughs> so he gives Tommy a motorcycle ride. It wouldn't it's be respectful great. to Mr. Ice. Yeah. While they're riding around, they see Nick, the spurned lover, now beaten up fellow, mm -hmm. uh, and he sees them, which is important because it's another misunderstanding. The mobsters, uh, after Tommy's dropped <laughs> it's like off... A at clockwork French farce. Is this yeah. vanilla ice or French vanilla ice? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. You're welcome. You're welcome. Whoa. Oh, this, wow. This Full heel turn. Heel turn, wow. heel turn. You don't deserve that joke. What? What happened? Oh, man. Zone out for a moment, and Elliot's yelling at the audience. Uh, so They love that joke on the East Coast. Wow. Yeah. The, when, uh, when I go tell that joke in Miami, they're going to love it. <laughs> or Charleston. So the mobsters break in and kidnap... Technically the East Coast, Dan. Doesn't have to be the Northeast to be an Eastern You're coast. right. I was about to argue with you. Yeah. If I don't keep, if I don't talk about the movie, I'm just gonna keep naming American cities. <laughs> That's true. In Baltimore, they like that joke. To be fair, half of our podcast is just naming things. Yeah, okay, true. so the mobsters break in and they kidnap Tommy. An important point on the screen: Tech Mobile, the video game. <laughs> yeah, That's, earlier, it's a great game. You always play the 49ers. Earlier, um, he's playing. Uh, is it Mario Brothers 3? I can only tell from, from the music. And yeah. hearing that music, it was, it was like, and I hate to bring up a French thing because I know you guys hate French stuff, but it was like, it was like <laughs> Proust biting into that Madeline, just hearing that little bit of Mario Brothers 3 music just took me back. Sure, yeah. Give me the beat, boy. I want to get lost in your Mario <laughs> Brothers 3 soundtrack. Okay. We need to stop clapping, because... <laughs> it's, it's only encouraging wait, wait, me? what? <laughs> because Jazz's bike is finished, it's time oh. for the crew to move on. All things must end. Yeah. But, oh. but, but his friends are very sensitive. They're like, you, They're gotta, you yeah. gotta hammer out this problem with Kathy before yeah, you yeah, go. You gotta, yeah, you yeah. won't be the same. Yeah. So Vanilla Ice goes to say goodbye. However, he accidentally delivers a ransom tape in the process. <laughs> yeah. This it happens, is, folks. This is the dumbest... He picks up this envelope, he has a confrontation with the dad at the door, and then he's like, oh, by the way, this is for you. He doesn't say, this was on your doorstep. <laughs> he says, this is for you. Okay, so at this point, everybody but Kathy thinks Vanilla Ice is in on it. Nick shows up, and he's like, yo, I saw him driving around with Tommy. <laughs> everybody thinks... Damning. Yeah. <laughs> Kathy, however, is like, no, I th I'm going to give him one more chance. He's so a good she, man. She goes... <laughs> She goes over to Roscoe's house. She confronts Vanilla Ice and it, in the process plays him the ransom tape, which is an audio tape, which is great because that's Vanilla Ice's natural mm, medium. That's what it is, yeah. <laughs> He's a musician. He's got those musician's ears. Yeah, yeah. And in the process of listening to the tape, he hears somewhere in the distance the sound of that construction site that they horsed around at. <laughs> the rhythmic pounding of that yeah. horrible heart. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they using that knowledge, they go to the construction site. They bust into the hideout of the bad guys. They beat the shit out of them very easily. <laughs> easily, <laughs> they save Tommy. They show back up at Roscoe's, driving the mobster's car with the mobsters tied to the hood. Yeah. Now, is it more unbelievable that Vanilla Ice is a one-man army corps, or that Vanilla Ice 
is in any situation without people being like, what are you? What's... So the mobsters are tied up. I guess I'll up. leave that up to the listeners. Yeah. Dan and Stuart have no answers. No, I'm... Uh, the end is in sight. Yeah, we're so close. That's true. We're so close. Yeah, we're almost done with the ice. Michael Gross walks up. He's like, I'm so sorry. Uh, Goddamn, I respect yeah, you. Goddamn, I respect you. <laughs> you bastard. I don't like your methods. <laughs> take, take my daughter right now. Yeah. Well, uh, it is funny how, like, the cops are there because, you know, like, they've been called because of the kidnapping. They drive up with the thing, and then, like, immediately Michael Gross is like, oh, I'm sorry. And then he's like, don't stay out too late. And he's like, like if you guys are going to do it, you got to do it normal, <laughs> not weird style. It's like, <laughs> is no one going to take anyone's, you know, statements about the crime that was committed? It's more like, you're like yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go out and do my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's the only plot hole. That's the only goof. <laughs> they don't take any statements, folks. Uh, okay, so Kathy and Johnny, you know, they make up. They're like, you know what? In this crazy world, we're just two young lovers. Uh, Nick shows up and he's like, uh, what are you guys doing? Or why are you breaking up with me? Of course, they make fun of him. They ramp off the hood of his car. Well, he also says, <laughs> they do this, that. Is, this is the last you'll see of me and my car. Proving again... He identifies mostly with his car. Yeah. He's a car person versus Vanilla Ice. Yeah. He's a and bike his two-wheeled, person. his deviant two-wheeled ways. He's not a horse person. He's Two not wheels a good, four person. wheels bad. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then as the slow car motion... Car farm taught us. <laughs> yeah, probably George Carwell. Yeah, Stuart, let's finish it, shall we? <laughs> Sorry. As the... Actually, George Carwell sounds like George Orwell and George Carlin put together. <laughs> These are seven words Big Brother will not allow us to say on the business screen. Thank you for bringing it home, Elliot. So, Stuart, cool as ice? (laughs) As the slow-motion motorcycle touches down, we cut to the Get With It video club performance where Vanilla Ice plays an entire song again. He shows off his dance moves. It's incredible. And, notedly... Kathy is there dancing with him mm-hmm. forever. Yeah, and I guess... <laughs> that is the end. That is cool as ice. What a movie. What a movie. There's, there's one thing, Stuart. You did an impeccable job. That was a fantastic summarizing job. There's one thing I just want to call attention to, which is when earlier... Kathy has given Ice a, a ring, and he, and when she's like, I can't see you, he sneaks back into her room and drops the ring into her fishbowl. And when she comes back home, the first thing she does is check that fishbowl as if she expects there to be mail in it. Yeah, it's like, oh, a message. Yeah, yeah, she, she checks it like I check my Instagram DMs. Yeah. <laughs> did, this, did these fish poop this ring? <laughs> Oh, wow, my fish made me a ring. Oh, so nice of them. I these guess are... I'll marry my fish. These are magic fish. If I cut them open, there must be many rings inside. No, Kathy, no. So, of course, of course, this is the part where we make our final judgments about cool as ice. What are those fucking categories, Dan? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) aggro stew there. Is this a fucking good, bad movie? A fucking bad, bad movie? I don't like it when you do it. Or a goddamn movie you kind (laughs) of like... This is, to me, this is a, this is a primo good-bad movie. A lot of, like, I would make the argument that the best bad movies are not totally bad. They have qualities that are act- actively enjoyable, and they're just juxtaposed with really weird yeah. stuff. 
But they're being used at, at cross purposes. And I, I would like to further a theory that I have. This is Dan's uh, movie theor- theory. Often, I don't have a better. Often theories I are named after people's a... last names, but you can call it Dan's movie theory. Sure. <laughs> the, McC- the McCoy theory of. Uh, uh, yes, my name is my name is Fermat Jones. Yeah. Is this my last theorem? There are certain bad movies that are indistinguishable from a great comedy with the same premise. Because this movie is essentially like... Vanilla Ice's movie is essentially Zoolander. (laughs) In that he's like a narcissist swanning about, making smirky looks, thinking he's like the coolest fucking thing. Dress is crazy. And everyone in the movie is like, what is going on with this dude? But, he, but you know, he wears them down with his innate, goofy goodness. But yes. you're right, it's like if Zoolander, if the point of Zoolander was that Zoolander is the coolest man in the world. Yeah. 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 Anyway, it's a lot of fun. I, I, I think it's good. Bad. Yeah, I'm going to say it's not good, bad. <laughs> I'm going to say this is a movie I kind of like. I will say The Iceman wow. Cometh. <laughs> Put it on the Criterion re-release. What if that's a again? What if it, what if that was what the play was it's about? Me, Gene well, we're, we're all here at the bar talking about our wasted dreams and wasted lives. And then Vanilla Ice walks in and goes, "What up, everyone? Get with the hero." Yep, 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 yep. Uh, no, I mean it's so much fun. I think it's uh, it's very stylish, like the Ice Man himself. <laughs> I mean, it's so silly, and, uh, I mean, it has this, like, there's a definite charm to the movie. It's great. Thumbs up. I I am right in the middle in that, objectively, it's a good, bad movie. Subjectively, I do kind of like it, because it is, it's, at many points in the movie, I am not laughing at it. I am delighting in it. And at a certain point, I was like... If David Lynch made this movie... It wouldn't was, be any and, different. It wouldn't be any different. And was forced to cast Vanilla Ice, same movie. Same movie. And it's a, it's 90 minutes long. Oh, beautiful. So be- the perfect length for anything. <laughs> well, not for, you know, like a, like a, like strangling. That would be too long, you know. <laughs> you know, 90 minutes is too long for that, you know. Thank you for clarifying, because I was going to strangle yeah, you for 90 like, minutes. No, we're like a bowel yeah, movement. Gonna too the, much, you're going to use a loophole. Yeah. A loophole of strangling wire. <laughs> yeah, no, but... But 90 minutes is such a perfect length for a movie. You're, it's just like, there's certain times when you're like, they're not making the movie they think they're making. They're making a better movie than they think yeah. they're making. Oh. Yeah, so I, I guess that's the verdict for all time. We did it. Yeah. We did it. Give that movie all the Oscars. I'm Emily Fleming. And I'm Jordan Morris. We're real comedy writers. And real friends. And real fucking cheapskates. We say, why subscribe to expensive streaming services when you could stream tons of insane movies online for free? As long as you're fine with 25 randomly inserted super loud car insurance commercials. On our new podcast, Free With Ads, we review streaming movies from the darkest corner of the internet's bargain bin. From the good to the weird to the holy shit, look at Jean-Claude Van Damme's big old butt. Free With Ads, a free podcast about free movies that's worth the price of admission. Every Tuesday on MaximumFun.org or your favorite pod spot. 
Hello, everyone out there. Thank you for coming to our service. Yes. We are ready to heal you. you. We are Ross and Carrie. We are faith healers. Yes, Yes, you there. Yes, sir. You have a spirit of... Not listening to enough podcasts. We have the solution for that. Oh, we can cure you. You should listen to Oh No, Ross and Carrie. Hallelujah. Mm. It's on Maximum Fun. I couldn't have said it better myself. Yes, ma'am. Yes, you there. Gladys. Spirit of boredom? Oh my goodness, we have the solution for you. It is to listen to the podcast. Oh, oh no, no, Ross, Ross and, and Carrie. The Flophouse is sponsored in part by Babbel, the best way to learn a language immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way, and that is with Babbel. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, 200 language experts even. Not egg experts. That way. Not experts. <laughs> not, that, experts. not egg experts, yeah. No, that mean like, I mean, egg experts are useful for omelet uh, advisories and other <laughs> things, but for Babbel, experts are probably the thing you want. To help you to start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks, Babbel is designed by real people for real conversations with tips and tools that are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice when you're what you've learned in the real world. And you know what? Look, I did normal uh, language stuff all through high school and college and it flew out of my head the moment I stopped using it. Whereas if you use Babbel, it's the sort of thing that just reinforces uh, the language. It helps you learn it. It helps you retain it. It helps you use it in a way that you would use it in real life. It is a, a wonderful service that has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 50% off a one-time payment for a lifetime Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash flop. We also have some Flophouse stuff from the Flophouse that we want to tell you about. I mentioned at the top of the show that we have some live shows coming up. March 31st, we're going to be in Brooklyn at the Bell House. It's an Easter Flophouse special. That's right. We're going to be at the Bell House for a show at 7.30 p.m. And we're going to be talking about the Garbage Pail Kids. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a, the movie equivalent of the Garbage Pail Kids. I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> Um, so it's we'll a be, magical time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so all. that's March 31st at the bell house in Brooklyn. Uh, you're going to love it. And then le- a little less than two months later on May 24th in Oxford, England, we're going to be doing two shows in one night as part of the St. Audio podcast festival at 7 PM. Uh, 
Greenwich Mean Time, I guess. We're going to be doing The Avengers, not the Marvel The Avengers, but the Hollywood remake of the British television show The Avengers. And at 9 p.m., we're going to do Spice World. That's right, Spice World. Uh, as of yet, the only Spice Girls movie, but I'm holding out hope. So that's March 31st in Brooklyn and May 24th in Oxford, England. Plenty of time for you to get between those two locations and see all those shows. For tickets and more information, go to flophousepodcast.com slash events. Uh, also, I just want to mention that the Max Fun Drive is going to come up real soon. Uh, just a little preview of the sort of bonus content we have in store for this year. Uh, the Spawn LA live show is going to be our sort of day one flop house bonus content, but also we're planning on doing a series, a sort of, uh, uh, you know, we're going to explore a filmography, a sort of a blech check, if you will, of Graydon Clark. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about joysticks. We're going to talk about the forbidden dance. Um, something from later in his filmography, probably, uh, it's going to be a whole series, uh, not his full filmography, but we're going to do three movies, uh, of a man who is known for some dreck. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, probably Stuart is going to do some, uh, role-playing game stuff, uh, some more flop tales. Um, I, I can't commit to that for him, but he's been talking about it. So uh, I think that this year there's going to be a lot of extra Flophouse bonus content on the MaxFun feed. Uh, so just be prepared for that. I hope that you will consider becoming a member of the network. Um, but we're going to head back. Unless, Elliot, do you have anything before we uh, move back into the show proper? I have one thing I wanted to mention. I mean, yes, I should mention my series Hercules from Dynamite Comics is coming out in April. And yes, that I'm doing another podcast, The 99% Invisible Breakdown, The Power Broker with Roman Mars in the 99% Invisible main feed. It's an amazing podcast series, if I do say so myself, at about a, a really amazing book, The Power Broker. But I also want to mention that a, a very good friend of mine, a former NYU classmate and still current friend, Sasha Kenton, is crowdfunding her original television pilot script to produce it. As a short, I would love to drum up some support for her. It's called I Meow Back, and this is the description she has written for me. The pilot, I Meow Back, written by Sasha Kenton, follows Zip, a teen girl, as she returns to high school after becoming disabled. Now she redefines her relationship with her former best friend. Will they fight, or will they find their way to becoming dot, 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 something more, a question mark. With the onset of the COVID epidemic, disabled people now make up 20% of the population. There's a built-in audience ready to see positive representation on TV. And this pilot was a semifinalist in a few different festivals. Uh, and she's trying to raise not a large amount of money. She's trying to raise $4,000 as her goal. As I'm recording this, she's about 25% of the way there. So if you're interested in supporting a very talented, independent voice in media from an underserved community, someone who deserves a chance to get their material out there, Please do my friend a favor and do me a favor. Go to imeowbackfilm.com. That's the letter I, like in the word I, like myself. I meow like a cow, like a cow says. I meow like a cat says. Cows don't say meow. They say moo. imeowbackfilm.com. Oh and please uh, support her if you will. That would be great. I mean, save some money for the Max Fun Drive, but see if you can help her out. Okay, so what do we do next on this podcast? Damn. Well, now we are free from the prison of this table. <gasps> Stand up. We did it. What? We've got legs. The curse has been broken. Um, and we'll, I can dance again. If, I'm not going to, but I could. If people 
have questions to ask, I think there will be a microphone that will appear as if by magic. There right it is. Right there. It's like the movie There Will Be Blood if it was a microphone instead of blood. It's like the movie Magic if it was a microphone instead of a, what, a killer dummy? If there was any magic in that movie. I think I might have talked about this on the podcast before. I heard a rumor once that the movie Magic, instead of starring Anthony Hopkins, was originally supposed to star Gene Wilder. Thousand times better movie. Yeah. Agreed. So, anyway. what are we going to do about it? Go back in time? Let's go back in time and make that happen. Got to go back in time. Yes. Okay. First question. Please approach the microphone. <laughs> I don't know. I stand in front of the table. Recently, I watched the movie Chameleon Street. Great about movie. 30 something. Yeah. And immediately, I wanted everybody to see this thing that it seems like nobody had ever seen. What's the last thing in the year, last year or two, that you saw that was like, this is the thing, nobody's seen it, I want everybody to see it? Hmm. Uh, I will, I, I don't know about everybody seeing it. I don't know whether this is on an episode that just came out or it hasn't come out yet, but I recently saw this movie, Dr. Calgary, which... Uh, Not the cabin of Dr. Calgary. No. It's from... Don't the, let him fool you. It's from, this one is from the early 80s. It is from the director of Cafe Flesh, the cult pornographic... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Film. You've eaten uh, there. And it feels like if, you know, like uh, an, an, an underground art troupe uh, had the set designer for Pee Wee's Playhouse and made a semi erotic, semi just weird remake of The Cabinet of Dr. Calgary. It's, uh, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I don't, yeah, like again, not for everyone, but. I'm saying Take that Take your it. children too, Dr. Caligari, <laughs> yeah. says Dan McCoy. Don't. Uh, I feel like the last time I saw a movie that I was like, wow, how come more people haven't seen it was like Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. Have you ever seen that one? I hear It's a solid old slasher. It's, you know, it's gross, it's weird, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> okay. Thumbs up, bring the kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's two movies that I've recommended on the podcast before. There's a Brazilian movie called Property that I don't know when it's coming out, but I got to see it, and it's a really, cool, really, really good uh, thriller uh, with a social, social edge to it. But also, uh, this, there's a little Czech New Wave movie. Uh, God damn it. It's called Larks on a String. It's directed by Yuri Menzel, who made Closely Watched Trains, and it's beautiful. It's just a, I found it to be such a moving experience to watch it as a movie, and then I guess I watched some dumb thing for this podcast, and it, it erased that movie from my yeah, mind for a while. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Hey, thanks. Um, name's Rob, first time, first time. And uh, my question is, if let's say some madman was making a Flophouse-themed Street Fighter II knockoff, which okay. repeating bit would you include in the game, and what character would they rip off? Oh. 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 Yeah, somebody's, what somebody's dick's going to have to get ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> Feels which, like a layup for me. <laughs> which, which Street Fighter character sings for a long time? Blanca? Yeah, <laughs> kinda. Uh, I don't know, like, uh, there's a character named Dan that's a bit of a joke in the Street Fighter series. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is the first you're hearing of this? He's got a ponytail. <laughs> Have you ever had a ponytail? I've never had a ponytail. Uh, we gotta change that. Yeah, that Maybe does for have the to game. change, yeah. Okay, uh, yep. go out and get one. 
Extensions, anybody? The next morning, he shows up in our rooms, wakes us up. He's cut off a pony's tail. No, Dan, no. This is what you wanted, right? <laughs> no. What have we made? What have we done? Uh, did we answer the question? I yeah, I think it's probably oh, yeah. well enough. Okay, yeah. Yes, that's fine. Thank okay, you so much. thank you. <laughs> Approval. Thank you so much for recommending Bratz. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome. Not a sentence I hear a lot. <laughs> Thanks to you, my wife and I have enjoyed Bratz and Cats and that weird one with the... Rats and The mats. teacher. <laughs> anyway, in terms of your, like, Mount Rushmore of movies you've seen and then just watched a bunch, at some point Dan said, I think Bratz is the movie I've seen the most. <laughs> is there one that's on the top right now of sort of, oh, this movie in the style of Bratz? You mean like a movie we like a like a good movie or like a, a bad like a bad movie that yeah we've seen a the movie you oh. were exposed to through the podcast that's now transcended oh I mean podcast. yeah like I, rats and cats have to be <laughs> close yeah they're to the on top there of, rats uh, and cats oh what a crossover Brant that would be rats and cats there's um double F fatal findings gonna we, be on there yeah we're actually Dan and I are about to host a movie that oh, we yeah. we're about to do a hostess screening in Brooklyn. Uh, of a movie called Don't Tell Her It's Me, starring Steve Gutenberg. I you may love know it. it as The Boyfriend School. You could know it as that. And uh, yeah, I just love it so much. Steve Gutenberg, of course, plays uh, a man playing Lobo Morunga, a New Zealand biker. <laughs> it's <laughs> a romance novel. <laughs> he really glossed over Steve Gutenberg plays a man playing Lobo Morunga, as we all know. As if Lobo Morunga is a famous character. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> it's great. I he love is it. A, he is a sickly cartoonist who his sister, Shelley Long, creates a New Zealand heartthrob character for him. He, I thought that was all implied by what I said. Sure. Yeah. When, you know what? He, it was perfect the first time. When he first, first appears sorry. on screen, he looks like he has been made up for a test audition for a Ziggy movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thumbs up. It's a yeah. great movie. Yeah, check, check it out, I guess. Check it out. Yeah, check it out, yeah. Go visit your local library. Yeah. <laughs> Don't take our word for it. Hey, how's it going? Hello. Hey. So, um, one of the most prominent features of Cool as Ice is Vanilla Ice's jacket, which, in addition to saying down by law, also has the words uh, deep, danger, mm -hmm. lust, uh -huh, yep. and yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which is also a line of dialogue that happens and then it shows the word Yana's jacket. So, my question to you, for each I just, of you... I just want to interrupt. It looked like you had the, the jacket up. Where, uh, what's the price tag on that bad boy? <laughs> I got you, I got you. It is, uh... I think there's some numbers on it, too. There's a lot yeah, of stuff on that jacket. On uh, $169. Whoa. But can you put nice. a price on it? Hey, all right. Wait, that's actually... Fair. That's wait, fair. Only, yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Not bad. So, that was back when text this was king. Yeah. <laughs> So my question to you is if each of you had your own leather jacket with words that are important to you and your personality, yeah, sure. what would the words on that jacket be? Yeah, oh, Elliot's would have a fucking lot of words. Yeah, a lot of words. A lot of words. Sigh, Lots look. Of words. This is, here's the thing. Uh, butts. Butts. Butts, yeah, yours would say butts, but on the sleeve. There's a lot of butts. Yeah. Uh... I mean, like, ding-dong, I guess. <laughs> this, is re this, is, this is a sad ex exercise in reducing our lives into a series of dumb catchphrases. Uh-oh, rah-rah. Rah-rah, yeah, yeah. I'm a bad little boy. Bad little boy, I'm a yeah. bad little boy. Yeah, yeah these are... No, 
man. Yeah, mine would probably have maybe it's my the fucking whole, tombstone right there. <laughs> maybe on the back, the whole passage from Hitchhiker's Guide about the whale falling down. <laughs> That's what I have. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, and on and on the and on the sleeve, on the sleeve, mine would say Deinonychus. <laughs> Greatest your, of dinosaurs. Is that, yeah, that's your favorite dinosaur? Of course it is. <laughs> Wait, it's the of single greatest dinosaur. Is. Of course yeah, uh, Name a better dinosaur. You can't. I, <laughs> I like that. You're right. I, me, a person who doesn't really know a lot about dinosaurs, cannot name you a You don't know that's a right. lot about dinosaurs. <laughs> you know who you share that with? My children, who have no interest in dinosaurs. Hey, let's The youth they, of today. They love to go to the Natural History Museum in L.A. I go, can we go to the section that's basically the bones of real-life dragons? And they go, no, thank you. They're like, oh, wait, there's... A, hey, Daddy, there's a garbage truck outside. Can we look at it? Oh. Now it's even worse. My older son is like, hey, Daddy, can I just sit and watch football on TV? And I'm like, what happened? What genetic mutation cursed. caused this? You want to see the original football players? The Ankylosaurus had a helmet. <laughs> You know, that, that football helmet looks a lot like a Pachycephalosaurus skull. Let's go down to the museum. That's what I should do. Thank you, Stu. Let me tell you about the original football player. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That would be a hard left turn for you to take, yeah, I, I have to be. say. That would surprise them. <laughs> Knowing my stance on God. That would, that would really, that would surprise well, my children. In that particular form. I yes, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, pardon yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <sighs> Take your time. It's <laughs> yeah. It's... <laughs> you okay? I think I'm good. Okay. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, Emily. Last name withheld. Um, so, Elliot, you actually mentioned at the beginning of the show how I don't even uh, remember a thing I've said. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. She's gonna recap it for yeah, you. Yeah, no, yeah. It's a good. It's recap. Don't worry. Okay. Great, um, great. Just like the podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. You mentioned how uh, Cool as Ice is incredibly similar to true stories. And I was actually going to work that into my question originally. Great minds. I, I was surprised. I watched them as like a double feature like a couple weeks ago. You said, I want to see two movies, the only movies made by two musical geniuses. <laughs> well, <laughs> Equal in every way. Yeah. So, like, the funny thing is, like, um, Movie Madness, the local movie rental place. Local. local. Um, some genius there must have placed uh, Cool as Ice right next to True Stories. And my partner was like, oh, let's pick these up. And so, you are so lucky Deuce Bigelow was not sitting next to either of those. I was so lucky <laughs> so for that lucky. one. Yeah. Otherwise, completely different night. Yes. Yeah, um, so after watching that, I was like, these are the same movie. <laughs> yeah. it, this is just the same movie. Um, so my question is, if you were to pick a genuinely good movie on like artistic merits that you think is, this is just bottom line, world-class kind of movie. Okay. And then a Flophouse movie that you think <laughs> is just plot-wise or shot direction, the exact same thing. Oh, what a great question. What would it be? Oh, what uh, a great this question. Is, this is the sort of brilliant question. I'm that... going to go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheat like crazy. I'm going to say Seven Samurai and 
rebel blood moon <laughs> team, team of space That's heroes cheating. or whatever. That's cheating. Cheating. That's cheating. <laughs> I already forgot most of the title. <laughs> I already forgot most of the movies we've covered okay, on the podcast. So That's the real it's issue. Like a, so it's wait. like a protection that my brain does. <laughs> yeah. So if, like, I like a kind of like a team forming type thing. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. I'm going to do uh, Rebel Moon. <laughs> 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 and a genuinely Sons great movie. Let's see. Now You See Me. Two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the second one. <laughs> Flop House. <laughs> Movies. What are? <laughs> oh, the Flophouse is a comedy podcast about films that floppy. They're commercially Dan, critical. Dan, that, what? Just scroll down. Scroll down. Uh, uh, further down. Or swipe left. I don't know how the internet works. List of movies. The Flophouse wiki. Here we go. Um, uh, but, sure, that one. Uh, Hallie Hagland. Uh, Crimson. Everything. Elliot Kalen feet. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm going to say uh, Rebel Moon. <laughs> I'm so sorry. This, I feel is, like this is a good question, but I don't... That's I a good cannot. question. I want you to write us in that question so we can answer it so we can after taking some it. time to think about it. <laughs> Please promise us. That's a great question. Yeah. You stumped the floppers. Yeah. <laughs> they said it couldn't be done. Hi, uh, my name is Jemmy. Last name withheld. Hey. I do not work for the Hollywood Theater. Okay. <laughs> um, so, every time I try to explain the flop house to someone, uh, I invariably end up going on, uh, you know, taking a time to talk about Donald Rumsfeld. And sure. All right. Most importantly, not the like, way I thought that sentence was going to end. Makes sense. I'm well, in the top fifteen or twenty guesses. <laughs> well, he famously did that, like, sort of type five on knowledge theory about the like oh, known, known unknowns. unknowns. Exactly. Unknown unknowns, so non- yeah. no, no unknown things you you know you know, and yeah. and known unknown things you know you don't know, yeah. and unknown unknowns things you don't know you don't know, and it, which is even to discuss is just sort of paranoia, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But he totally ignores unknown knowns, which is things you know oh. but you don't know you know them. Right, mm-hmm. which if anything, which if anything is like our our uh, our biases and preconceptions. Yeah, yeah, assumptions. Yeah, and yeah. he leaves those completely unanalyzed, which I think is I think telling really about Donald sick. Rumsfeld. Yeah, very much so. Right. <laughs> where where is the? <laughs> yes. Okay. So we should explain. I apologize. It's been an in joke for me and Stuart all through the tour so far. The moment in that one episode of The Sopranos where the guy gets his head gets run over by a car and another guy throws up seeing it. <laughs> So we're just routinely pretending to throw up every now and then. <laughs> I just love the one oh, the guy who walks the... up and he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> the vertigo induced by the question, I guess, is too much. Okay, but I think I, yes. I, think I almost understand. Yeah, yeah so, so the, I feel like the Flophouse has a, a, a similar problem, sort of a missing part of the sort of Punnett Square of movies. Right. Where you talk about the bad, bad movie, the good, bad movie, but then you just cut the entire half into movies you kind of like instead of good, good movies and bad, good movies. Oh. Or good, yeah, bad, good Like movies. bad movies you like, almost. Well, well no. Or a, good so, mo- a, a movie, well, I don't know what you're talking well, about. Well, that's the question. <laughs> you're going to have to explain it. I thought I had it, but... So, so the, way, the way I it think like, about it... It's like when you have a plastic bag and it won't open up and you're like doing this with the, with the top and you think you've opened it, but you didn't, yeah. Uh, if I rub it long enough, certainly... No, 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 you got to lick your fingers. You lick your fingers, right? Yeah, yeah. No, you I don't lick, lick your fingers? fingers. No, why would you do that? You monster. No. 
I'm in a store. It's clean, right? No. <laughs> so a good bad movie and a bad bad movie. Uh, they're both bad movies, and usually because they're made in like an incompetent way. Yes. Yeah. And then the good and bad oh, is you basically like your subjective well bad you, movie. So a okay. good bad movie, so a good good movie obviously is a well made movie that you enjoyed, the and a bad good yeah. movie would be a well made, okay. competent yeah. film that's just not any good. Yeah. So what, like Babylon, Dan? <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Elliot paid him to come up and do this bit. <laughs> No, I, you know, I, like, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oddly enough, I, this has come up before. I, I think people have uh, mentioned this. I, I don't know if I believe in this. I mean, like, what, to me, this is, like, maybe Oscar bait movies. Like, movies where yeah. it's just, like, this is competently made, handsomely mounted. It is not doing anything interesting. Yes. Or, or, or that, it, for whatever reason, those things don't, Gel. They don't get an emotion. The right. But to me, response. that's a bad movie. That's 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 the thing. That's 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 the extra leap that my brain makes. Where I'm like, I reject this category. Ah, interesting. What do you think? I've <laughs> said my piece. <laughs> now I force you to say something. I mean, I think I'm pretty clear that I don't like Babylon. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you don't like same, joy. At the same time. At the same time. Everyone who's everyone, with the exception of a few people making decisions about what's in the movie, is doing good work, I guess. So, yep. uh, Stuart. Oh, sorry. I was just thinking about the recent rankings of the Warhammer tournament in Las Vegas. <laughs> but I think but I, I think that's an interesting point, Dan. That that to uh, to subdivide bad in that way maybe is artificial, but I think it's fun. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Thank okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, there's plenty of movies I like that you probably don't like. I mean, it's just that Cities of Sigmar list that got second place had like <laughs> five steam tanks in it. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, I hope your question is about Warhammer. We got to get Stu out of this. <laughs> Stuart is yeah, deep in a W hole. <laughs> um, no, if uh, only. <laughs> Um, so in in my house, like relatively recently, we were having a like a series of. Um, Unfortunate events. <laughs> unfortunate events. We're having a series of uh, argument discussions about <laughs> about um, uh, cliffhanger endings and how come some of them... John Lithgow dies in that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Settled. Settled. No, no, it's endings because just like Clue, there were three endings to cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and how come some of them feel so satisfying and like anticipatory, and then other times they just fall flat and like end up being kind of disappointing? And we were having trouble pinpointing like what's the line there. So my question to you is, what do you look for in a really successful cliffhanger versus what makes it feel just really unsatisfying? I think when it comes to cliffhanger endings especially, but endings in general, what makes an ending work is not necessarily what's in the ending, but what leads up to that ending. Like, a, like an ending to a movie to me is like a joke where the punchline doesn't work if the setup doesn't work. Like you need, the setup needs to give you everything you need for the punchline. And there's a lot of movies that where the cliffhanger ending is more of a like, didn't see this coming. And it's like, you're right, I didn't see that coming because you did, oh, yeah. didn't set it up right like this. You, you wanted an ending to this scene, huh? Well, psych, sorry. Yeah, yeah or, or, or like there's a, 
One of John Sayles' kind of lesser movies is this movie called Limbo, where this, there's this mother and daughter and this guy, and they're trapped somewhere, and they blah, blah, blah. But, like, they're, the important thing is their personal dynamic and whether they're going to be able to figure cool. out how to work together and get along and essentially become a family unit. And a plane is coming, and they don't know if it is the people who are coming to kill them or the people who are coming to rescue them. And the movie ends before the plane gets there. And I remember seeing it and being like, and I remember seeing it with someone, and they were like, what? And I was like, it doesn't matter. The point of the story was their relationship. It's in it the fucking title, dude. Yeah. <laughs> or, exactly. or like uh, The Cutting Edge, for instance, where at the end, spoiler, you don't know if they won that competition. It doesn't matter. It's about whether they came together as a team. So, like, those, those work for me, but there are times when the cliffhanger is more like... There's other times where it's, like, setting you up for the sequel, which we're not making. I'm so sorry. Yeah. You're never yeah. going to find out why Peach needed Mario and Luigi to come back at the end of the old Mario Brothers. Yeah. I think I made a similar like statement on a, a recent episode where it's just like, if it's an emotionally satisfying arc, if the characters have reached some sort of conclusion, yes. and then there's that plot cliffhanger, mm -hmm. that's good. If it just seems like it was like, well, uh, I don't know, we ran out of film somehow, even though this wasn't shot in sequence? Yeah. Like, that's a bad way of doing it. Well, it's like the ending of the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes, where they were like, this is going to really <laughs> blow some minds. <laughs> what? It's like, what? What? Hold on. <laughs> Ape Lincoln? <laughs> I guess that sounds like Ape. <laughs> it does. I like it when it's like you find out the guest who's been a bad guy the whole time and you think he's dead, but he comes back and you're like, oh, wow, the guest's still there. And Mike yeah. Monroe's like, what the fuck? He's <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. It's thumbs up. Yeah. So, so Stuart approves of any cliffhanger ending that is the guest. <laughs> Can't argue with that. Thank you so much. We hope that was helpful. We're settling arguments tonight. Evening, Peaches. Hey, hello. Good evening. This is Chris, last name withheld. For us longtime listeners of the podcast, you guys have been going for over a decade now, so congratulations to that. Oh, thank you. Thanks. I know. You yes, know yes, we are quite old. Thank you. <laughs> now, as real people, we get to see you grow and have this kind of parasocial relationship with you folks. Like okay. author, beefcake, dance happy now. We're all happy about that. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, that's wow. good. Wow. I mean... Harsh. Do, do, do a fucking spin, Judy. a personal Judy. triumph. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, unlike real people, characters don't really grow in the same ways through the decades. So, what's a character that you've kind of engaged with throughout your life that has changed to become either better or worse as the interpretations went on? Ooh. Man, you can do Sherlock Holmes. It's fine. Well, you know what? I, no, it's interesting because, like, that was the first. Like, the first thing that came to mind was like a Sherlock Holmes, but like a derivative of like the, the TV show House was a wonderful show for a few seasons, and the problem with it was he's a man, not a house. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is fucking uh, bullshit. Thank you. Uh, I, I was because when is he gonna turn into a house? You hear the name and you're like, how did a house get a medical degree? No, the, the, like, the, the requirements of that type of show, they're like, uh, you know what? We're going to pretend like there's going to be character growth, but there's not. And yeah. Welcome to television, Dan. <laughs> Which is what, like, you know, I would have loved that show if it was like five seasons. It's like, you know what? By the end of the season, the, this show, maybe he's not going to be a great guy, but there's going to be some growth. Yeah. Yeah. And 
I don't know. If, like, I, like, I haven't read a lot of the later Sherlock Holmes stories because they get weird, people. <laughs> like, he's, like, looking... He's trying to find some vampires, maybe? Like, something that could be a vampire? It's not really... You know, anyway, it gets... He's making, the he's, one didn't Alan Moore write one where he's having bees. sex with Dorothy from Oz or something? That makes sense. <laughs> I don't know. I just you know I like to think that you know he found some some peace towards the end of his life. You know he learned how to to integrate the emotions and the the intellect. Oh, okay. Alan Moore? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like to think that Alan Moore Maybe, found some yeah. peace. I hope Alan Moore also started does. combing his beard. Yeah. Took off a ring. <laughs> I'm gonna say so. There's a couple. There's a couple of characters I've spent my life with at this point. One of them is Spider-Man. Had his ups and downs, but he's not the. I, he is. He is essentially perfect from the get-go. And you could read him that first kind of like forty-some odd issues of that book or whatever. You can read as him growing up and maturing, and everything since then is just cycle, 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 cycle. So instead, I'm gonna say Wolverine who, when I started reading comics, was still a berserker. And I've seen him grow and mature to become an elder statesman in a way that feels very organic and real to that character, where he's still fighting the darkness within, but it's, he's no longer the guy who, like, just kills and, and Storm is like, whoa, Logan, how could you do such a thing? Instead, he's like, oh, I guess I gotta take care of these kids now, you know? Do it, do it more Canadian. That is pretty adorable. Oh, I gotta take care of these kids, eh? Uh, <laughs> You know, I'm the best there is at what I do. What I do is very nice. Yeah. Well, shotgun this Molson by, uh... <laughs> snicked? Yeah, snicked, eh? Yeah, snicked, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I can't follow that. I mean, I'm, yeah, sure. I could talk about, like, this D&D character I played for a really long time. Yeah. You grew up with him? He grew in a lot of really cool ways yeah. and got levels and stuff. Nah, it's fine. Aw. Don't Look at how bashful he is. No, it's yeah. fine. It's, it's right. cool. Don't yeah. worry. It's just D&D. It's just <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thanks I, very much. I don't think we're in any danger of it, but I'm going to ask that no one join the line so we can allow everyone out in time to pee. If you're on the line, your question will be answered. If you're not on the line, take it to your grave. <laughs> Uh, Amanda, I might have mildly misunderstood the prompt because both of my observations are about the movie. Sure. That's okay. fine. That's fine. <laughs> Please. Please bring us uh, back to some sort of structure. <laughs> you were surprised this person after person asked things that were completely unrelated to the show? Yeah. Not surprised, but just, uh, am I still welcome? And obviously, yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be an exit interview. We'll talk to you about your expectations. Yeah. So the first one is very short. No one said her name was Kat. No one asked her to be called Cat, but mm -hmm. he starts calling her Cat and yes. expects her to respond to it, which mm -hmm. is red flag number one, if you ask me. <laughs> like, You're saying he may not, not be a good name. boyfriend. That's not yeah. my name. That's true. That's true, totally yeah. Correct. But it's like he's murdering her identity by calling her Cat. Yeah, it's like, no, 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 I chose her, and this is her new name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, number two, does anyone here take care of fish? <laughs> because that fucking fish bowl, freshwater fish, saltwater fish, they're all dead. They yeah. no filter. No filter at all. Every fish in that bowl, because you did briefly mention the fish bowl, because yeah. the ring, la la la. They they broke to that fish bowl. So many shots of that fucking fish. I guess bowl. that's Those technically a question. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart, we're many? solving a decades-old crime against these fish. This is, he did fish. technically they ask if anyone had a fish. fish. I think we've, we've cracked the cold case of those dead fish. 
they were killed by the cast and crew of Cool as Ice. No, that does, I mean, that does suck. I mean, you're not wrong. As someone, as someone who recently had to bury a crayfish, I, it's sad news, everybody. The crayfish I mentioned, on the, I mentioned earlier on the podcast died a natural death, is then now you, buried you, in our yard with a tombstone. Then you climbed onto that grave and fucked the shit out of it. No, oh, no. Come on. Salt burn, salt burn. No. I, Dan was hi, Stuart was hiding behind Dan. I'm just saying that. But no, yeah, you do. It takes a lot of work to keep an aquatic creature alive. Yeah, so yeah. Please. If anyone has a gill man at home. Hello, uh, savage first name is held. I work in industrial embroidery, and that's when I listen to your podcast. Um, so I, I'm around a lot of hats. And this. Keep talking. <laughs> And this movie has a lot of hats in it. Yep. Uh, yeah. And that's all I want to talk about. Yep, yep. Um, <laughs> uh, can I get your guys' opinions on good messages to put on hats and wear? Good messages. Ooh, good messages to put on a hat. <laughs> wear by, me on by wear, wear on the hat yeah. or wear... On the head you, on the hat. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Not wear to wear the hat. Okay. That makes more sense. Like positive messages for the youth or... Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, if you, <laughs> I would like to put like a message on like pork pie hats and trilbies. It's like if, if you are a man below the age of sixty, don't wear me, that's please. A that's a lot of message. That's a lot of mess. That is true. But oh it, it's, it will save so many lives. It's a conversation starter, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, I think maybe there's a lot of negativity in the world, so I think I just want a cap that says "good work" that I can wear. Just oh, yeah. people look at it, they know so I. So you just want to be uh, what, what's what's his face from? 30 Rock. Yeah, Judah Freelander? Judah yeah, Freelander. sure, yeah. I, no, but I, his, cats, his hats would be like number one champ. I want to tell other people they're doing okay. great. Yeah. I, would, I would love to shout out my brother who is six feet tall and I, he made me make him a hat that says big man. Oh, that's love good. Love it. It's pretty cool. The, uh, I think you can pull it off. Alternately, on days when I'm feeling a little sassy, the hat has nothing on the front, but on the back it says, my eyes are up front. <laughs> That'll teach them. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, guys. Hello. Uh, so we know from watching Cool as Ice that the people that funded Cool as Ice... We know this. <laughs> we, we know this because, First we, principles. Watched it, because we watched it. But yeah. we know that they said script, competent editing. They're like, no, we got cool... We got. Yeah, we got the ones to We don't need Iceman. any of that Well, not stuff. the Iceman, Bobby Drake, but, you right, know, yeah, the so Iceman from Top Gun? Well, not that Iceman. It's just... So these type of vanity projects, we, I think we used to see more in the past, but I was kind of wondering, is there a pop culture figure today that would be oblivious enough to make cool as ice? <laughs> Pitbull? Uh, yeah, that's actually... Yeah, yeah, I think you got it in one. Mr. <laughs> fucking Worldwide. Aces. Mr. <laughs> now, what like would the Mr. Of... Worldwide movie be, though? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I assume he's saving an orphanage somewhere. <laughs> There's probably a girl in a mo motorcycle, you know, involved. In yes. I mean, to be honest, you just put him in front of a green screen and insert him into Cool as Ice. It's the same movie, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> I mean... Wear sunglasses the whole time. <laughs> I do like Timber, though, I gotta say. You know, you add Kesha to the mix, I... Look, you can, you can be a joke and make a catchy song, you know? Yeah. And you can be a joke and be a true artist. Just ask Marcel Duchamp. 
Artistic <laughs> prankster. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for, for the question. Baffling us. <laughs> Yes. Uh, I, I want to first thank you for mentioning David Lynch because I could only watch this movie and think about how yeah. Vanilla Ice was some sort of deranged Dale Cooper in Twin Peaks. Yeah. Uh, but uh, my question is, uh, for me, the crossover event of the century as a Jeopardy fan was when Elliot Kalin was on Jeopardy. Oh, thank you. In the last couple of years. Uh, so I wanted <laughs> yes, to ask I you... got second place. Thank you. <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys, if you guys were competing, the three of you on Jeopardy, what would be your dream categories in order to defeat each other? Uh, I'd probably say check new wave movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hold on. You're Wait. It, <laughs> Wouldn't that be wild? Hold on. What? But I. It's a buzzer game, Elliot. It it's is. not. That's why I came in second place. It's a buzzer game. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I. Well, then I guess I'd say Warhammer. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> Good fucking luck. What? <laughs> yeah. Well, what next? JoJo's Bizarre Adventure characters. You're <laughs> yeah. dead, dude. My, I think mine would just be like unexpected filmographies because no matter yeah. what movie it is, I'm like, well, gotta look at IMDb and be, and be like, oh, I'm mildly interested in the fact that the same person did these two things. Like, like it's weird. Like, I work, or I did at least, but I, I hope to again. I work in the entertainment industry. The I idea mean, that... kind of entertainment. The idea, it's informational. That one person would do two different types of things shouldn't amaze me because I'm like, that's how money is made. But yeah. like, I'm still like fascinated. I'm like, oh, oh, Ted Kotcheff, you made uh, Wake and Fright, and he also made Weekend at Bernie's. That's wow, wild. a double threat. Yeah. They're not that different. I, I mean, you'd also do really well with a category called like porn pre or portables or. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. Dan's like uh, Misty Monday movies. <laughs> Great, thank you. All right, next question. Let's try to do these quick. Unfortunately, yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're running late, and uh, everyone needs their sleep. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Okay. Quick question. Uh, if you could recommend a superhero for Portland, Oregon, what would it be? Ooh. Wait, are we creating a new one whole cloth, or Good are question. we recommending an existing superhero? I was going to say whichever one you want, but I wanted to be brief, because Elliot said to be brief. Uh-huh. <laughs> a stern taskmaster. Yeah. Turn it back on him. I love it. Yeah. If it's a pre-existing hero, there's a Marvel character named D-Man. He is a former professional wrestler. He thinks he is Captain America's best friend. And Captain America tolerates him. He's a very sweet man. I think he'd make a great hero for Portland. It's a smaller scale city. He's a smaller scale hero. The D stands for demolition, but it could stand for something Portland related that starts with D. Not to play too much into my persona, but I am aware that Portland has a very high concentration of strip clubs per capita. And yet, yeah, and yet when oh, I said weird. you'd do well in the porn free category, you took offense. <clears throat> only because it suggests that I'm the only person on stage who might have sexual interests. Anyway, <laughs> I know that there's like a lot of strip clubs, more hipstery strip clubs, things like strip, strip, karaoke. strip karaoke. I would, I would, I would have like sort of a banshee yeah. style superhero who like. Who, who sings, who has the power of singing, but only while stripping. <laughs> oh, okay. Interesting. 
Uh, I don't know. Portland's a pretty cool city. You're going to need a cool superhero. I'm going to say, uh, what, Grifter, that guy with two guns and a mask? <laughs> yeah, the Grifter of the Wildcats, sure, yeah. The that guy's mask cool that, as hell, dude. The mask that just flaps unattached to the bottom of his face. Kind of looks like a beard. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so right, much. So enjoy Portland's new super team of D-Man, Grifter, and the stripping songstress. They, them. Uh, so the 2013 The Big Wedding and the French language original 2006. Have any of you seen both or either? If not, I have a backup question. Have what? The Big, <laughs> the wedding. big wedding? I haven't seen the, it. I 2006 is The Big Wedding. No. Sorry, 2013 is The Big Wedding. 2006 is uh, Mon Frère No, I haven't seen them. Okay, backup question. Question B, please. Most, uh, most Portland movie not shot in Portland, most not Portland movie shot in Portland. Did I say that right? Most Portland movie not shot, shot in Portland, most gonna, I'm gonna not Portland movie one shot or the other. Thank you. Okay. What is... I just want to apologize that Portland. the last couple questions have assumed a lot of knowledge are, about Portland on my part. <laughs> I've been here a couple times. It's a great city. I really like being here. Here. What do I, I like, know? I don't like know it super What do I well. know about Portland? There's... City of, City of Roses. Name of the Rose? Is I that? Presume... Wait, 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 wait. Are there any medieval monasteries in Portland? There's... Wait, is Pig in Portland or is that Seattle? Ah, there you go, yeah. I did it. Yeah, did yeah, it. yeah, yeah, Stuart yeah, got yeah, it. yeah, 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 Yes, yes, sir. You have the last, no the last one. You get okay. to close us out. No pressure. Okay, so you meet a cinephile genie. Um, <laughs> I love it. You do. <laughs> I do. Finally. <laughs> you can't do world peace or any of that lame stuff. You can get one movie made uh, with any, no restrictions, no budget uh, cast. What, what do you wish for? Any oh, wow. Uh, okay. Uh, I don't know. Guillermo del Toro's uh, At the Mountains of Madness. Boom. I'm done. Boom. boom. I'm out. Wow, 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 wow. You did it. Hmm. Hmm. Does it have to be a movie that was gonna... Well, there's no... He's gone. <laughs> we'll never know. It's like Kaiser I mean, Soze. I mean, the selfish thing would be like a movie that I, I want to make, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have a great screenplay. If anyone is interested... Yeah. I've got one, too. I'm partway through. I got it's a, about this guy I... named Dan, and everybody thinks he's cool <laughs> he's and funny. He's kind of cool, but, <laughs> he's, like... He's super cool, and his lame-o friends are always making fun of him. <laughs> but then he has to save them from an international drug cartel. <laughs> <laughs> They're crying the whole time. I mean, honestly, the problem with this is, like, I'm trying to think of, like, books or whatever. Like, I don't want... To adapt them though, because like like anything that I truly love, I'm like, well, it exists in the form that I love it in already. Like That's true. I don't need to see it as a movie. I have already enjoyed it. You that know? being said, hmm, let's see. I've <laughs> wait the Hunger Game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do the Hunger Games. Have they done the Hunger Games? Yeah, they've done that. Is that a movie <laughs> Is that yet? A thing that... I, there have been not great versions of this. I'd love to see a great adaptation of The Man Who Was Thursday by G.K. Chesterton, which is, oh. it is a hundred-year-old book that is half the book is chase sequence. And every time they think they've caught the bad guy, the bad guy's like, I'm not the bad guy. You've got to keep going. So it's a you super fun You know what? I would, you know, I, I would write a Uncle Scrooge adventure. We, that, like a true globetrotting, like in the mode of the the Tin Tin movie that Spielberg made, that would that would be a lot of fun. Live action, voiced by Chris Pratt. <laughs> no. Wait, no. It's live action, but it's voiced by Chris Pratt. <laughs> 
Yeah, and his body is by Chris Pratt. <laughs> you just put a duck bill on Chris yeah, Pratt. Yeah, well, that's what I guess te technically every Chris Pratt role is voiced by Chris Pratt. That's true. Can't argue with that. Hey, everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're a great audience. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being so kind to us. And patient. Uh, we will try to be out there for a while by the merch. We have to fly very early, so who knows how long a while is, but thank you so much for being here. For the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalin. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Portland. Thank you to the Aladdin Theater. Thank you. Microphone. Oh God! Too late. Too late. He's 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 all jacked up on sugar. Yeah. I had half a soda and I'm ready to do this show. Hello. Yeah. Thank, wow, this is nice. Uh, I was standing backstage thinking how objectively strange this is <laughs> that people care to come see us do this thing. No, no, no. You, you gotta have a position of strength. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. <laughs> You're gonna love it. Oh, what a great crowd tonight. Great crowd. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Dan, this crowd, this crowd is so hot tonight, I don't think we have to do a show. They can just cheer for two straight hours. <laughs> Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network. Of artist-owned shows. Supported. Directly. By you.